Hungry Howie's knows there's nothing better than pepperoni pizza, but the question is, which pepperoni reigns supreme? Now, you got the crispy, classic cupped pepperoni, you know, the satellite dishes, big fan. But why choose one when you get both? They got a pepperoni duo coming up. See, this is more up my alley right here. Pepperoni duo, you're getting the classic cup pepperoni, plus the original, plus 100% real cheese, unlike a lot of these other places around town. Get a large pepperoni duo, $9.99, only at Hungry Howie's. You realize we spend a third of our life sleeping? I know, stuck in traffic was a good guess, too. But now that you know you sleep so much, why aren't you sleeping on the most comfortable mattress arguably made in America? A brand new iComfort Eco by Serta. It's supportive and designed to keep you cool, comfortable, and feeling restored. Or check out Serta's perfect sleeper for pressure-relieving comfort and support while maintaining a balanced temperature. Serta mattresses made right here in Michigan, and they have been for over 110 years. Go to Serta.com. Find a retailer near you. That's Serta.com. All right, welcome one and all. Cash the ticket on a Monday, and we got a big episode, and that's figuratively and literally. Cookies is floating somewhere in Honduras on one of these wild cruises, so I've called in one of the big guns from the bullpen. Those of you locally in Detroit, you're going to know the man I introduced. Those of you who do not listen to the regular show, but you're out of market, you just download the pod. Uh, this is a, a man in peak physical condition, the the height of masculinity, a former all-pro and pro bowler, and really the primary reason for pre-weird Aaron Rodgers' success he is former Green Bay Packer, former Detroit Lion, and current friend of mine. He is TJ Lang. <laughs> Special guest. Surprise. Do, do you want that? Do you want some DJ Khaled effects as Evan uh, edits this on no, the beach? No, I feel like mine uh, Mine was good enough. It was outstanding. Probably better than any uh, computer generation. Cookies, hope he's enjoying, enjoying the Me too. Uh, good Mai Tai out there in the sea somewhere. God, in one of those god-awful little cabana outfits we know he, he wears. We know, we know he could use some sun, that's for sure. Uh, real quick, where can people, I know you've got the pod with former Wolverine, a noted Wolverine scumbag, John Jansen. Uh, what is that pod <laughs> oh. called? Where can people download it? Be nice. Necessary Roughness Odyssey app. Anywhere you get your podcast, we talk, uh, hey, we talk football this, obviously this week, the next coming weeks, we'll kind of hit more on the playoff games and it's always fun to watch playoff games and picture how your team could get there, right? Now, Mike, I know we're located here in Detroit. We kind of picture the Lions. Hey, how far off are they? How close are they to being to where some of these other teams are? We had some fun with that this week, but that's pretty much where we're at. I always chime in on Twitter, too. Oh, uh, please, active, yes. TJ Lang, uh, 70 uh, there on Twitter, trying right. to give my unfiltered opinions. Quick, I see you have a dip bottle, which is good, right? You're mid-dips. Would you like some booze? Uh, it's a little too early in, uh, on Monday morning. For Our moronic sales that. staff has a booze card. So if you'd like me to go and pour you a little something, a little sipper. I feel like that's a trick question. I'm going to pass. Okay, today. done. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. We are going to get to the mailbag later in the show. Again, if, if we have a new system now. It is cashtheticketpodcast at gmail.com. You don't need to leave the Apple review questions anymore. You can just hit it with a five-star and a regular review, and we do appreciate that as we approach 2,000 reviews. All right, let's cook. We're going to go chronolog chronological orders yeah, here, if I can use my fucking words. Chiefs 27, Jags 20. The Mahomes deal, a little dramatic for me, to be quite honest. I mean, I understand he rolled his ankle. I understand it's painful, but he's not Willis Reed. Um, 
What do you make of that? Well, first of all, from a betting perspective, that was the ultimate backdoor cover. Yeah, that was uh, just a dagger in what's been a pretty poor season for me. Do you have the Chiefs? Oh, of course I did. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. And if, if Mahomes doesn't get hurt, they probably win by freaking 30 points. Feels that way, doesn't it? <laughs> it felt that way. I mean, hey, look, I know uh, Henny came in, had a nice drive there, what, 96, 97 yards, touchdown drive, but... You know, watching Mahomes in the rest of that game, the second half, so many easy throws that were just missed, right? And I think there was, like you said, a little bit of that drama factor where, hey, all right, we know you're hurt. You don't need to remind us every yeah, freaking play. The one, the one-legged handoffs, you know, all the little, we know you're hurt, man. We know you're toughing it out. We get it. I'm not just trying to single him out because I think most quarterbacks are like that. When they get hurt, they like to make sure everybody in the fucking world what a, knows what it. What an alignment <laughs> comment this I is. I just felt like that game, I mean, it, it probably should have been more. Uh, you know, anytime you get a backdoor cover like that, I think I texted you at the beginning of that drive and I said, watch. This oh, is wait, be you, you knew. This is, this is just how my season You know, the last gone. time it felt that obvious <laughs> was when the Packers played the Bills in Buffalo. And the Pack were getting 10 and a half, and they're down by 17, and they get the ball oh, with yeah. like a minute 38. You know what's And you happening. and I were talking, and I go, hey, are you prepared? Like, yep. <laughs> should you I light your know. cigarette now you for the, uh, <laughs> the post-bang delight? You, you already know. Um, I, that's going to be, I mean. <sighs> can you explain one thing to me, though? And this is a theme, because I, I understand it's the most fan thing to do when you bitch about coaching and game plans, et cetera. Now, I've got, I've got one I think is just, it was fireable, it was criminal, it was egregious, but it's later. But just explain to me, if you're Jacksonville coming into this game, how, whatever you did, how do you allow Travis Kelsey to catch 14 oh, passes? I thought how? he was going to catch 30. I mean, he had 10 in the first half, But Mike. what goes into the planning of it? How no, the fuck does that happen? I just, I mean... It's kind of the Cooper Cup effect where you watch it and you're like, when the fuck are you going to start covering this guy? He's their only right. offense. He's the only guy that's getting targets. It's, it's Why not do like, you not have two on it's him It's not at like he time? runs some incredible route tree, right? Oh, it's not no, like you're but, facing Justin Jefferson. It's Travis Kelsey. He is going to patrol the middle of the field. He will sit down in any zone. TJ, it, you're going home if he catches 14 balls. Yeah, I think it's, it's incredible. Uh... Week after week, when you watch some teams and you watch the blatant refusal to try to take away the opposing teams, yeah. number one, the guy, right? Like I said, we've seen it with Cooper Cup the last two years now. We see it with Travis Kelsey seemingly every week. But the other part of me says, this is just how good Andy Reid is. He is good enough to know when to get him in a mismatch with a linebacker, when to catch him, uh, you know, hey, on third down, they run – you know, man coverage, if we start him yeah. in line and we motion him out wide, the linebacker's going to go with him, advantage us. Uh, play action passes, right? We're going to let him block for a couple seconds, get lost in the wash, come out late, boom, wide open, sneak in for a nine-yard touchdown. It's just, I, I think it, it's a combination of other teams trying to be too stubborn and just saying, we're just going to do what we do, yeah. as opposed to, hey, we got to adjust for this guy. And it's also, I think, maybe a majority of just the brilliance of Andy Reid and finding, knowing that, hey, we've got this one guy. Our offense is clearly uh, built around this one guy. We've got some other cute weapons. We've got Tony that's got some speed and, and Juju and, and MVS who's got some speed. But those guys are just, they're, they're kind of there, right? I think for the majority of the game, those guys are kind of decoys. Right? Yeah, we'll, take we'll, give, it. we'll give them the ball once in a while to showcase their speed. But this thing revolves around Travis Kelsey and the way that he's able to not only line him up to motion him, 
uh, get him in different positions on the football field to take advantage of some of those mismatches. I think just from a head coaching standpoint, that's what makes Andy Reid, in my opinion, one of the top uh, two or three play callers, the way he's able to design those plays to get his guy open. Well, and again, uh, we talked about a week prior. Overs went 6-0. and This game went under. All these damn games went under. I told you guys, like, this is where rent is due. If you think the book is going to get cooked back-to-back weeks, they inflated these totals big time. We talked about some of the unders. We put a couple on the card. Um, I went 2-2. Two and two. Cookies went 4-3 and three because he bets a zillion games a week. <laughs> but the, the, the point is, you have to identify what happens. And when you see 6-0 and oh one week, and if it's underdogs, 6-0 and oh and it's Overs. Well, you you have to fly. You have to go against that the next week. The yeah. book is not in the business of giving out stuff. No. One last note on this game because I wanted your take on this. I'm a slapdick for Trevor Lawrence. I love him. I would take Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert. I know a lot of people, including Boomer Esiason, who I do my Friday show with, uh, gets angry when I say that. I think Trevor Lawrence is QB5 in the National Football League. I want to know where you're at two years in with him. Who would you go? Mahomes, Burrow, Allen? Who, who else are you putting against uh, I'm missing somebody. Who was the, yeah, I know. Who, the hell, who am I missing? Probably a big guy. Uh, Hertz? Did you put Hertz above? No, I don't think I had Hertz there. Who was number four? What am I missing here? Well, the point is I had him in five. Either way, I, I, I had him in five. Yeah, which might be uh, talent-wise, I don't think I would disagree with you. I love the mental toughness. I love the fact that the start of the season went like shit. He didn't go in the tank. And then even last week, when they're down 27 nothing, he didn't go in the tank. Yeah. And TJ, back half of the year. Find me another QB who was making better throws. He's 6'6", 225. He runs with physicality, and he's a leader. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the the future's obviously bright down there in Duval. But do you like him as much as I do? I I do like him. I don't know if I love him yet. Okay. Um, I I still think there's something about game time. I mean, I love the way he plays ball. I love the just kind of attitude he has, you know, doing whatever it takes, right? Drop your nuts, go out there, make a freaking play when you have to. I think one thing, and look, this might just be my personal preference. Sometimes, you know, when you watch him in the press conferences and watch him, you know, speak and interact with some people, and there's even been, you know, clips of him giving, like, pregame talks, they're very, like, vague and very kind of mild and boring and nonchalant. And me, just my my type is I want to see a little bit more sometimes. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to see a Josh Allen type. I want to see a Joe Burrow type. I want to see uh, a, a Tom Brady type, a guy that's going to, you know, you don't always have to be a tremendous rah-rah type guy, but sometimes when I watch Trevor, it's like, man, may, it, it just looks like a little bit. Now, this is the outside looking in. It seems to to be at times where the fire's not fully there, right? It's just kind no, of— you're not the just, only one who like said Like a surfer it. bro, let's just go out there and have some fun and play some ball and— See what happens, you know, okay. and let things fall where they may. Hey, he's a tremendous talent, and I love watching him play, but I, that's just where I think. And look, people could tell me and tell me to shut the fuck up. It doesn't matter what my opinion is. That's just the way that I view it. Is yeah, or if you had a little bit more fire at times, I think that could take him to the next level. Uh, real quick, too, just a side note from a betting standpoint, I want to see what the, the props look like, but Isaiah Pacheco had a huge game, 12 for yeah. 96. Pacheco has been a battering ram for the Chiefs, and you know how this works. Playoff season, new guys arise. It's a different game. Mahomes is going to have his mobility completely compromised. I will be very interested to see what they post for Pacheco against the Bengals because if you're going to go up against that Aromo and you're going to go up against that Bengal D and they're going to play that shell and they're going to make you go 15 plays, I think this could be a big Pacheco game. Ice cold weather, physical back, perfect change of pace to McKinnon. 
Uh, but keep your eye on Pacheco for this weekend's game. We'll get to it. Let's go to the nightcap, which was basically just a mercy killing. Uh, Eagles 38, Giants 7, and it wasn't that close. I had the Eagles laying the 7.5. You and I talked about it. Cookies and I talked about it. It just felt it felt like the I got you a dollar commercial. Ooh, I'll give you the G-Men in 7.5. And, and you're like, <laughs> that's a trap of all traps. Yeah. And I fell right into it. I did. No. I, I did. I thought what we saw uh, there against Minnesota, look, a, as big as a, f- a fraud that we thought Minnesota was all season, yeah. which they were, winning 13 games and, what, 12 of them by one score. And, you know, we, we, we all know the luck that Minnesota got this, this year. But that game, there was something about it, the way that Daniel Jones played, the way the defensive line played, where they completely mauled uh, Minnesota. I kind of went into this Philly game and said – I don't know. I mean, Philly's offensive line is much better than what they saw in Minnesota, but yeah, this yeah. is division rivals, right? These are teams that know each other. They play twice a year. How oh I, can you possibly get your ass kicked again? You know, and I, I guess just in totality, the whole weekend, my biggest learning lesson was don't fall into the traps that you see on wildcard weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> Go back and look at the totality of the season, yeah. right? And trust what you've seen through 16, 17 games rather than just one or two. Well, I, I know there are certainly teams that get hot. You look at Cincy last year that snuck into the playoffs. Yeah, but they have elite run. talent. Right, you know, I know Joe that. Burrow, Jamar Chase, they've got, you know, this is the, the Giants. It was year one. They were supposed to win, what, yeah. three, four games? No. You and I talked over the summer. I go, dude, we might have the number one pick. We're terrible. Yeah. And I fell into that trap where I thought maybe Giants were that team that were getting hot at the right time. And I know we'll get into it here in a bit. I thought maybe Dallas could be the same team as well. Um, but I didn't trust, you know, what I saw throughout the entirety of the season. I Did didn't you like trust what you that. saw out of Jalen Hurts? You feel he's surprised. all the way back? I mean, I was surprised. I didn't feel like he was running the ball. Uh, anywhere close no. to what he had been in the past. I mean, you know, nine carries for 36 yards, I think it yeah, was. 34. You, normally he gets nine carries. You're seeing 65, 70-plus, right? Um, I just thought he he was definitely hesitant uh, a bit, a, at least to start that game he was. I mean, he was looking to, you know, get a couple yards and get down. He didn't want to take any shots. Um, I don't know if he was – he's clearly not 100%, uh, but that's a team that – much like Kansas City, I don't think they need him to be at 100% to still go out there and take care of yeah. business. He's just the, the team around him is just that damn good where you can afford a Jalen Hurts to be a little bit hurt, a little bit bruised up, a little bit beaten and battered, yeah. and still go out there and probably win by well. 14. He threw it well. I think for me, you know, TJ, look, what may, th- their scheme is designed. They're really damn near impossible to stop. Yeah. If he can't run it with the physicality, it does take an element away. But I'm with you. If you look at this, all right. They're going to take on San Francisco, and we'll get to that game in a minute. He doesn't have to be 100% to do this. He doesn't. He has to be better than Brock Purdy. That's the mission. And realistically, with Philly, they're probably the only team that can stand up to San Francisco, both lines of scrimmage. They're a step up from Dallas. They got the home field. And then they'll get two weeks off to go play the Super Bowl. I don't know if he's ever going to be 100%. I'm still a firm believer, and depending on who you talk to, this isn't just a sprained shoulder. The Eagles are doing a little bit of the uh, smoke and mirrors. That This is actually a collarbone deal. That yeah. there is a structural like thing here. So I don't know that he's ever going to be 100%. But if he can be a threat with his feet, if he can still get out and go, get down, and do that three or four times a game, that's good enough. Yeah. I don't and need him running for 100 that, That's all they need from him. Yeah. Let's do it. As long as you can keep some sort of wrinkle, some sort of threat uh, that your quarterback's going to be a runner, it completely changes his game plan. Now, yep. as soon as you sit back like a, 
uh, just like a floating duck back there and they know you're not running the ball, that's yeah. where you're going to get in trouble. But as long as you can still run maybe one or two of those you know, QB design draws, maybe he pulls a couple on the read that's option, it. that's all it takes for the rest of the game right. for the defense to respect. The Eagles laying the seven and a half was, was easy. Let me ask you a question. I have to ask you about this guy because I know in one level or another you know something I don't. Is Kenny Galladay the biggest dog in the league or just, you know, in the in the lead pack? What the fuck is this guy's problem? <laughs> I don't know what happened to my buddy Kenny, man. You're on a fucking I playoff team, man, and he don't seem like he wants to play. I just – it's just not a fit. It's just not. What does I don't that know mean? If, I just don't know if when he got paid, something changed, whether it be work ethic. I mean, I think it's unfair uh, to sit here on the outside and look at somebody and say, oh, their effort sucks or, you know, they're not invested in this team. It certainly looks that way. Uh, but for whatever reason, I mean, that's it's it's a shell of what we saw here in Detroit. It just is. TJ, I mean, that was the a Giants' that, top four wide receivers it, all died it, or it, were traded, right? And you can't make an impact on uh, on that team. Kick it on the field. Yeah, that's uh, you probably know more than I do when it comes to the contract situation. Oh, what four at seventy two? It's, it's a nightmare. Mm. I mean, it and I love Kenny. I mean, Kenny mm. was you know playing my first uh, with Kenny was a, a rookie and a second year player, and the guy was loved in the locker room. I mean, very quiet guy, but just went about his business in in such a respectable way for a young kid to go in there and just shut up, keep your mouth shut, work, don't have any of this diva, you know, attitude to you or any of that shit that comes along with some of these young players nowadays. Uh, I don't know what happened. I mean, it's, it's honestly sad to see. I mean, it's sad. And then the times that he does get in the game, it's, Oh, drop. Oh, drop. Oh, you know, almost had that. It's just, what the fuck happened, man? Like, that's not the Kenny Galladay I knew. And that is, how often do you see that where a guy comes out year one, year two? uh, And I'm not going to call him a dominant receiver, but he was turning a lot of those 50-50 balls into TJ looks like a guy that doesn't want in the league. He looks like a guy that just should be in the CFL. It looks like he's lost some love for the game. Oh, That's what it looks like. And I don't know if maybe that's just— I'd like to lose his $18 million cap in. (laughs) I'm sure you would. I'm sure a lot of people would. But you know what? As much as you want to harp on Dave Gettleman, he did— he did build the majority of that team, Mike. Who got? He who did. Got it, he Jones, did a decent who job. Saquon, who got Dexter? Yeah. Who got Andrew Tom? Right. He, I mean. he did a decent job, but here was the problem. So he gets those guys. Now again, we don't need to go through where he screwed up in free agency, etc. We'll leave. We'll leave all of that alone. But as a general manager who has hiring power of coaches, you're also the asshole that brought in Pat Shermer, let Eli hold you hostage, and then you gave me what? Oh, Joe Judge. No, get boy. out. Yeah, um, and Jason Garrett there for a oh, year or please. two. Yeah, wasn't the, the, the vanilla oh, offense. <laughs> All right, let's go to Sunday because this is really disappointing. These are the two games I like best. So I, I had I had a, a, a nice underplay, and I had the Eagles. Those are my two Ws. TJ, Sunday was a disaster. Bengals, Bills, and I, I want to start with the football. Okay, there's not much I can say about Joe Burrow that hasn't been said other than This dude is a fucking assassin. Yeah. Like, they went in, and here's my opener for you before I get upset and probably rant for a moment. As an offensive lineman, I looked at this and go, okay, the Bengals are down three of their five O-linemen. They're down Jonah Williams. They're down Lyle Collins. They're down Alex Kappa. Then they lose a fourth guy, Karras, mid-game because he's on one leg. And they dominated. They bullied the line of scrimmage. So just straight up, yeah. do, do I make too much, do fans make too much of, hey, they're beat up up front, backups can't possibly be as good? Because 
if I told you the Bengals were totally healthy, you'd go, well, it looks like it. They pounded the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. What did you see? Both sides of the ball. It was I disgusting. Maybe the most underwhelming unit out of the whole weekend, to be honest with you, was, and I'm going to combine them. I thought it was the Bills' offensive-defensive line. That's I pathetic. thought the Bills' offensive line was uh, uncharacteristically bad against uh, the Bengals' front, and I thought that the Bengals' three backups on their offensive line completely handled the Buffalo Bills up front. How does it happen? I, I thought that, well, I, I just think the biggest takeaway was you see how big of an impact Von Miller really makes. You have no Von Miller out there. I mean, look, they've got some nice pieces, right? I think Ed Oliver is turning into a premier guy. Yeah, Rousseau's a good player. Epinese is a good player. But are those guys? No. no those no, aren't no, no, guys, no. though, right? I think that's when you talk about, hey, we've got backup tackles. Okay, hey, at least they don't got Von Miller. We can handle these So guys. to prove your jump, point. We can thip. We, you know how can... the Niners deal is with when they rush four or less, they get to the quarterback 41% of the time? Which is like, oh, no wonder D'Amico Ryan's such a good uh, D.C. You can rush four, drop seven, yeah. and still get home. And you have two layers of The that. Bills, I think they were number five or number six in pressure rate with Von Miller. The minute Von Miller got hurt, and since, they're 27th. Right. Huge difference. Now so you proves gotta, your point. Right. Now you got to start blitzing more. you got to start uh, stacking the box a little bit more. you got to start playing outside of your comfort zone. And All the right. Bills are not what you see. You just mentioned San Francisco, and even I'll talk about Philly. They don't have four guys. They have eight or nine guys that they rotate, three to four plays, and every single one of those dudes is a freaking dude. Like, they come in and play. You know yeah. what I mean? When you take a look at Buffalo, they're just one of those teams where majority of teams, hey, you lose your star pass rusher, you're going to have some problems. Oh, hold on. Here's your other you're fucking problem. Hold on. All right, now you're leading me right down the path, so just uh, humor me. Leslie Frazier. Fuck you. <laughs> Honest to God. How about Tony Romo? This was the best moment of my day because I think Romo's a fucking idiot. I can't stand him. Yeah, he's checked out. Oh, gee, like, oh, <laughs> Leslie should get a job. And uh, really? He's about to give up 800 fucking yards. Do you know why Leslie Frazier doesn't get a job? Because that's Leslie Frazier. Read and react bullshit. <laughs> hey, it's third and four. My corners are 12 yards off the receivers. You know what Burrow did? Hike, slant route, hike, dig route. And Leslie Frazier sits there with that stupid fucking look on his face. It's like, stop saying this guy is good. He was terrible in Minnesota. He's terrible here. Yeah. Leslie Frazier should be fired. Time <laughs> of taping. He should be on a rocket to the sun. Well, it's, it's wild how... What was the game plan? Uh, it's wild how often there's still such... Bad coaching in the NFL. Joe Burrow's average time from snap to release was two and a half seconds. You know you're probably not going to get much pressure. You're probably not going to affect him when the ball is coming out that fast. What's the easiest adjustment you can make? Get up on the receivers. Press the fucking receivers, right? Play tight coverage, right? Get up on them. Bring in those safeties a little bit shallower. They, they, this ball's coming out fast, guys. They got four backup linemen. Let's press their ass. How about Don't the, give them a free release. How is your third down defense? We're going to mug the line of scrimmage. We're going to put seven guys in the box, but all our corners are 10 yards <laughs> off. <laughs> Leslie, get fucked. Like, honest to God, he should be fired. The only more shocking non-firing has been Brandon Staley in L.A., but we'll leave it alone. Ugh. So, look, Bengals are just, I don't know, man, they're that team. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I love Lou Anaromo. The defense coordinator does an incredible job. But offensively, man... Burrow is different. Burrow is just that calm, cool assassin. Yeah, he's lethal. 
He is. And if they look right now, and again, we'll we'll get to the preview episode later in the week. Right now, they're a two and a half point dog in Kansas City, and I I just think the wrong team's favorite. That seemed to be the almost lock of the week when that came out Sunday night. Don't ever say that. I, I just that that was the feeling. KC minus two and a half. Oh my goodness. Since he looks like the play of the week. Is there right? any? You, and, but, and I know, hey, you talk about Joe Burrow being, yeah. you combine everything, right? Patrick Mahomes, high ankle sprain. That is significant, right? Not being able to push off your back foot, not being able to scramble, which makes him special to extend yeah. those plays. Okay, you got to factor that in. You got to factor in Joe Burrow, right? Anarumo. Those guys are 3-0 and against Kansas City last couple. Kryptonite. And also Joe Burrow, you talk about, I know we're going to talk about Brock Purdy here in a little bit. Joe Burrow's three and zero on the on the road in the playoffs. Yeah, the guy's an assassin, like you said, he's lethal. And that you just combine all those things, and it's like, man, first take without diving into the deep research. Cincinnati's got to be the play, right? Well, it's open. We it opened it. Opened it three. Of, a whole lot of time before that comes, but I, I can't see anything changing my mind on that. Opened it three. It's down to one and a half. Um, and and again, the early money tends to be the mythical pro money. I just don't know. Look. We'll get to the preview in these games and all that. Mahomes is going to be hobbled. I don't care what you say. It's a high ankle sprain. They can, they can, they could put Toradol in an IV bag for him all week. He's still going to be limited. Yeah, significant. That's tough for me. Uh, but yeah, I, the Bengals are just built different. All right. Um, also, they look pissed off too. Yeah, I but mean, can they I? Do. They look pissed off. All right. It's a podcast. That I, I can. I'm just going to shoot you totally straight. I mean, a. Is there any worse fucking feeling? That was my game of the week. I love that game. And literally in the first four minutes of game action, you're you're mouthing to yourself, oh, fuck. What did I do? I'm on the wrong side. <laughs> what did I do? Like, I, I felt dead from Jump Street. But then I started spite watching where I knew my bet was a goner. Like, once you go through all the math and you're like, okay, well, maybe we can tie it up, still win by six in overtime, five and a half, that's a W. Well, all that's gone, I started spite watching. Then I'm like, fuck it. I hope Joe Burrow like slaps these idiots across the head and beats them by 50. Torch them. But is there, all right, don't swat me when I say this. TJ, are the Bills just fucking soft? Oh, they look soft. Man. Tell me they didn't look soft to you. No, they did. At home, in, in the cold. In the weather that they praise that they love to put the, and, the and snow, by the, way, the sleet, outdoor team, toughness. And, ah, and, by, and by the way, shame on you. Not you, TJ, but Buffalo. And I mean this because everyone thinks it. But way to wait until you're down 14 nothing, and poor DeMar Hamlin is used as a fucking mascot. They put him out there on the Jumbotron to fire up yeah, the team on third and goal. You mm. don't use the goddamn guy as a prop. Mm. He almost fucking died three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, cro- they crossed the line there for me. Sorry. Uh, yeah, a little bit probably in bad taste. Uh, I mean, probably. I, 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 I'm sitting there and I'm saying, why do you not? Get this guy on the jumbotron before the game, right? No, but they waited until third and goal crisis, right? Yeah. And they just got happened to put him on the jumbotron. We, we need you, buddy. Bob, Come we on. need a play. What can we do? Uh, we Go to Tamar in the box. I mean, and it's gosh, I don't want to say this in poor taste. I think maybe that Hamlin situation, which we obviously all know was absolutely terrifying and frightening. Uh, I don't. I I think that whole situation though, kind of. Pissed off the Bengals a little bit. Not the fact that the guy got hurt and almost died on the field. That they but didn't replay it? The fact that, you know, hey, it might come down to a coin toss. Okay. Hey, we know you had a chance to win the game and maybe get a better seat. Hey, we know this. Yeah. But, and look, 
as a player, there's nothing. That's out of your control. You, you know what pissed it. them off, but though? They've, they've seemed to use a lot of the, what's happened the last couple weeks when people are talking about, oh, we're selling tickets to the Bills, Chiefs. Van Burrow talked about it. Yeah, we get that, right? They're using that as motivation. We get, oh, they're talking about the coin toss and all that. I think that situation really pissed them off because they just felt – and I'm not going to say it was unfair because what we saw happen with Hamlin was completely – unprecedented. I thought the league probably handled it in the best way that they could, but I think inside that locker room, I think that they did use that as a little bit of a motivation. Well, and everybody, including people like me, said, look, Bill's... Not the fact that he got hurt, but the fact that how how things have been handled since then, and they kind of feel like, hey, everybody's talking about the Chiefs and the Bills. I think they're using that as motivation and saying, well, okay, watch this. And and again, everybody said it, Bill's at home, Hamlin's going to be there, they're going to beat the Bengals. I admit it, I was guilty. If you had Bengals plus five and a half, you were in the rocking chair four minutes in. You knew you yeah, had the right 14 side. Nothing. Getting well, off they, the bus. At 14 nothing, that was the Tony Romo begging for Leslie Frazier to get a job. <laughs> Here's the other one, Romo. This is what I can't stand about this dolt. Oh, it's uh, Jim, look, it's a perfectly thrown ball. Ooh, just uh, what do you mean it's a perfectly thrown fucking ball? He threw it out of bounds. <laughs> Yeah, if the wide receiver is seven more yards uh, to the right. Who's worse on TV? Eight feet tall. Who's worse, Romo or Gronk? Oh, boy. I mean. Gronk's up there like Gronk the fucking tin man. Yeah, but Gronk, you know what you're going to get with Gronk. Gronk is just the meathead. He's there to kind of be the prop, to be the funny guy. You know what you're going to get with Gronk. If Gronk okay. started calling games, I would be concerned. Is the bloom off the rose with Romo? Can we talk yes. about firing him? Yes. Please. He went from predicting plays and being a savant to he's up there sounding like he's doing whippets (laughs) and he can't stop talking. Yeah. He he, he seems checked out. He talked into the Burger King commercial. Because his his whole skit has just outplayed itself. The whole, you know, predicting plays, just it outplayed itself. It was cute, right? It was new. I was never impressed by it because you sit there as a player, you know, these guys come and watch practice on Saturday. What do you do on Saturdays? You go through what you're doing on third downs. You go through what you're doing in the red zone. You go through what you're doing in two minute and the situational stuff. So he's already seen these plays. Hey, I saw yesterday in practice. Oh, look, they motioned Gronk out and they're going to throw him a fade. And he's sitting there on TV. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they motioned Gronk out and throw him a fade. Oh my God. Look at this genius. The fucking guy saw it probably four right. times the day before. Right. Up next, <laughs> tits are fun. Right. Water's right. wet. Guess what they're doing in two minutes, too, guys. TJ, oh, I saw this. TJ, right? we watched how many games <laughs> together. That's I can cute. predict plays. Yeah. I'm an asshole radio host. It's oh. not this gift. Wait, they've got uh, Cooper Cup lined up with one-on-one with a fucking outside linebacker. I think we all know where the ball's going. Hey, look, <laughs> it's a six-man box, and the quarterback just yelled, kill, kill, and the, and the all-lineman sets a little deeper. Yeah. Guessing it's a running play. It's, no, uh, it's a lot of football for dummies when it comes to him. But his 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 just whole skit, his whole uh, just everything about it's just played out. It and he just can't is. talk, yeah, but he doesn't is. stop talking. It just is. Oh, Jim, let's see how it plays out. Why it shut the fuck up? I had a beef with Collinsworth this weekend too. I don't know if you saw the deep. Well, pass you have a deep hatred law. of Chris Collinsworth. We Can we just of, be done with it? We, we did it in the past. You have up. a history, <laughs> and you owe this off. No, tell the you're on a pod. You can tell okay. the story. Well, he. Uh, this was my second year in the NFL. I wasn't a full time starter at the time. We had uh, some very severe injuries on the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive line. They said, TJ, we're going to need you to play tackle on short yardage <laughs> and goal line, right? I'm sitting there saying, okay, like, I, there's no expectations. I just got to go out there. Right, and but you're a guard by I, trade. I'm not, right, I'm not going to go make a play. 
Uh, it was a Sunday night game against the Vikings. They ran a counter play to the left. I was on the right, nowhere close to the ball. Got back blocked by John Sullivan, a good center for Minnesota. Uh, Collinsworth decides to run the telecast back, gets on the little p- prompter there, circles me out, oh, no. and decides to go on a 45-second th- rant about how much I sucked and got my ass beat on that play. Now, I had a beef with him after that. The next time I met with him, I'm like, Chris, what the fuck, dude? I'm an offensive lineman playing D-tackle. Why the fuck you got to circle me out? You couldn't circle out the other four actual defensive players and talk about how they got their ass kicked? You got to pick on me? So we had a little bit of beef. He thought I came in a little too hot, which I might have. We squashed that for a little while. But there was just one play against in that Jacksonville game. Trevor Lawrence, it was, gosh, maybe about three minutes left in the first half. He hit Kirk on a bomb. I mean, that ball traveled about 64 yards in the air. Yeah. Kirk, I don't. It looked like he might have lost his feet a little bit at the end. That ball was about elbow high, right? Dropped in a bucket, and I'm watching this. And Chris, being the former receiver he is, oh, you don't think he's going to overthrow a guy 60 yards? But that's exactly what happened. And then they show the replays slow mo. They show another one, and he doubled down. Yeah, you just got to put that on him. Can't overthrow it. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is it? That was a dime, dude. 65 yards <laughs> on a rope. Like, what are you talking about? And it was just funny. I, a guy got into a bunch of people on Twitter. I'm like, that is that is a that is a catchable ball, right? That is not an overthrow. That ball hit him right in the hands. You know, I, I, I generally like Chris. Do you know Collins who's work. become the best, the best color analyst right now? The best. People are gonna hate me for saying this. Oh no. And you're probably gonna bash on me too. Why? I have always been. Well, I'll say maybe the best right now is Greg Olson. I think that's who I was going to say. But I will say I have always liked Troy Aikman. I just have. I think that he, and maybe this is just from my perspective. I think he does a good job (laughs) of understanding what offense and defensive lines are trying to do, rather than a lot of these lazy assholes that just, oh, that was a holding. Oh, that was a false start. Oh, that was this. They don't watch real football. Most of these people tend to watch highlights. When you watch highlights, you don't understand the nuances that go into offensive defensive line play. You just don't. And I think it's very obvious when you watch some of these people that call games have no fucking idea what they're talking about when it comes to offensive line and defensive line play. They fucking don't. I mean, people think, you know, as soon as your hands get outside the the jersey that it's an automatic holding. It's not. As long as you're running your feet and your feet are matched up in stride with the defender that you're blocking, it's not a holding call. Right, if the guy's going the same direction you are. No, it's not. Fuck off. Like, uh, what do you do? Do you watch football? Do you know what you're doing? The The, hardest singular thing. I'm going down a wrong path No, 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 you're fine. I think Aikman does a nice job of trying to detail those little But my problem is his catchphrase. Oh, that's not good, Joe. Well, no (laughs) shit. It's a 17-yard loss, Troy. That's just not good. You know, kicker boinks one off the center's asshole. That's just not good, Joe. he, he does have a little bit of that former player where I don't think, and I, I will say as well with Troy, not good. he tries, he really tries not to throw guys under the I, bus. And as players, you you, you appreciate that. Last uh, thing you want to do, Lamar, last thing you want to do, with me. well, especially when you get on social media as a player now and you're like, what the fuck? Aikman bashed me. Everybody's sending me these messages about, you know, somebody bashing. That's the last thing you want to do. I think Troy, people hate him. I, I don't Bay, hate, people him. hate him. I played in Detroit. People hated him. I do not I'd hate him. I always kind of sit back and I'm like, you know what? I I, I kind of I, I don't actually do enjoy Troy. Nothing do. approaches my hatred of Tony Romo. All right, let's get to the last game of the week. That sounds uh, deep-seated. I hate him. <laughs> no, you know what I hate? I'll oh, t- well, fine, it? fine, fuck it. You're, I don't you're care. You're a Giants fan. You know, I, no, you know why I respect Aikman? I'll tell you why. 
Because he wasn't handed a fucking job. He true. had to go to Europe to call NFL Europe games to learn how to do the job. Yeah. And true. I look, even you, you haven't even made a goddamn decision whether you want to do media for a living, but you started out, you came in and did the show for a segment, or you did interviews or call-ins, and it's morphed into you're doing Fridays with us and Mondays with the morning show, or you're going to do a pod, you're learning the job. You didn't just show up, take a shit shower and shave, and get handed the <laughs> A-list with Jim Nance, hello friends, and get it handed to you, and then you show up and you're a fucking airhead. I hate the guy. Yeah, good And point. everyone kisses his ass. Yeah. He has regressed so... Nobody's had a bigger fall from grace than Tony Romo the last three years. Maybe James Harden. Maybe. Mike, Maybe Ben Simmons. I'm going to make a prediction. I think we're going to see the same thing with Tom Brady. Oh, just, I, I think we will. Please. Can he go they're away? Gi they're giving him the, like, <laughs> the A-list Fox when oh, he yeah. retires. Mike, I got to feel... Tom Brady, it, as good as a player he is, as excellent, you know, the GOAT, whatever you want to say, he seems like a very boring guy. You think? I think we're going to see a Romo 2.0 when he gets Oh, it's going to be horrible. And I can't wait to see it. Oh, I, uh, oh, quarter zip's ready. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. All right, let's go to the last game. Uh, I'm super bummed about this one. Oh. Cowboys, Niners. Niners win 19-12. to 12. Tricked. Hey, it's a seven-point game. Well, let's go back and think about this. Oh, Brett Maher has missed five straight extra points. First one gets blocked. I thought it was a low trajectory. Oh, yeah, he I'm not, it. I'm not even sure that thing goes in if it doesn't get blocked. Mm -mm. There's one point. Dak, two atrocious interceptions. Almost as if his eyes were closed. I mean, literally did not see these players and should have had a pick six when, uh, hold yeah. on, uh, not Kirkland. Greenlaw. Um, Greenlaw, yeah, thank you. He jumped He jumped a, a dig route to Schultz. That that could have been a pick six. Yep. So the seven points are made up completely on Dak and Maher. Let's talk about this. Niners, look, it's fine enough. But the story really is Dak. The Cowboys can't get out of this deal. TJ, take me through this. So I, you know, again, we've spent a ton of time together. We watch games together. I am a big stickler for sequencing. I just believe certain downs and distances and time require certain decisions. So talk to me here on this. Cowboys have a second and two. They're on, I believe, the 24-yard line with a minute 24 to go. The way I'm looking at it is, and again, this is the play after Tony Pollard gets hurt. Mm -hmm. If you run the ball, you are ensuring Frisco's not getting this thing back. And you're probably getting a first down out of this deal. You got to run it there. Take it down to 50 seconds. I got first and 10. I'm in the red zone. TJ, you don't need 50 seconds to score in the red zone. You don't. Instead, right. these idiots decide our best player just got hurt. We're going to drop back. And Dak throws a god-awful interception. See, that's just, to me, idiocy. It's a Mike McCarthy staple. That play had to go through his headset. And I'm looking at Kellen Moore, and I'm going, hey, do me a solid, boy, Wonder. Line up, hand Zeke the ball. We don't get it. We're going to use one of our timeouts. Yeah. Then we're going to QB sneak, and we're ensuring Frisco gets nothing, and we're going to guarantee we're getting points. TJ, I just thought the decision-making by Dallas, the decision-making by Dak, it was so on-brand Cowboys. And then it's like the chef's kiss was the last play. What was that? Oh, Zeke getting trucked trying to play center there. But then they, they, they throw it to Turpin. Oh, he gets annihilated. Thrilled. I'm going, this is what you worked on all week? Yeah. Uh, Did you walk away 
more impressed by the Niners or more disappointed in the Cowboys? No, I thought the I thought the Cowboys gave it away. Um, not gave it away, not not in a sense that they had the game won and gave it away. I thought they missed a golden opportunity. I, their defense was clearly uh, good enough for them to win that game. I felt ultimately, look, and I talked about it with the Giants a little bit. I thought I got sucked into uh, what we saw from Dak in the wild card round against Tampa. Guy throws for over 300 this yards. This was my four, version. Four touchdowns. He's using his legs. He's running. He's scrambling. He's, he's playing like the Dak that we haven't seen all season. Uh, but ultimately, he reverted back to who he is. 23 he of 37, 206, two picks. It, he didn't outplay Brock Purdy. No, and it was awful. And he sh- he probably should have had three or four picks. The one, the one pick should have been – he should have got – they should have given credit for two picks on the same throw. It went into the one guy's hands, and he kind of bobbled it. And <laughs> I think it was Gall- – Gallup wasn't even close. It went no. right to the other San Francisco player. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? I just thought, Dak – just for some reason, every single year in the playoffs, when it's time for Dak to make a play, he doesn't. He, you know who he is. He just is. What was last year what we saw? They got 20 seconds left, and they try to run a fucking QB draw with no timeouts left, and they end up running themselves out of time. Like, you know what I mean? And I hate to say this because I love the man. I thought he was a great coach. I loved playing for him. Mike McCarthy Still makes a couple decisions every I, single fucking game that are like, you. what are you doing? So it brings me just to this. why, why? If you're Jerry Jones, just answer me this. Help me understand this. I know it's easy to spend other people's money. I know, except when it comes to the the bill hitting the dinner table, and I've never seen you take out a card. It, the The idea, Sean Payton is available. Jerry Jones wants the best. He want. If I know I can't get rid of Dak, and I need someone to fix him. How do you not mm. call Sean Payton off from $20 million a year and bring him home? I probably will. I mean— You I, think McCarthy's I, out? We heard the same rumblings last year, didn't we, at the same time? I mean— You the, can't the, run it back. The Cannot. Ex, the expectations in Dallas are different. They just are. You know, they haven't won a Super Bowl since, what, 96, 95? Uh, their expectations are different. And Jerry Jones, he just call it what it is. He doesn't settle for this shit. You know what I mean? He feels like his team is good enough to go out there and win. And they probably are when you look at the talent that they have. So give him Sean Payton. De- defensively. You got to get rid of Zeke. You're going to keep Dak. And you got to go. I mean, yeah, honestly, I Sean Payton hasn't it. taken a job yet, has he? No. So I then mean, how do you not? But like, I wouldn't if you're Sean Payton. What job if you're Sean Payton's out there right the now? The one job that's not available. I, and again, this right. is bad ownership. You want to go to Denver with no, Russell Wilson? No, you want to go to not. the Chargers. The problem is the Spanos family are cheap as the day is long, and they're idiots. And that's the difference between the Chargers and the Cowboys. The Chargers could dominate <laughs> the Cowboys LA. Cowboys don't give a shit. I'm Sean Payton. I get to live in LA, and I get Justin Herbert. Stay the fuck out of my way. Let's right. wear the powder blues. Let's kill. Yeah. If I'm Dallas, McCarthy's got to go. Not just because I had plus three and a half. McCarthy, just, you're a wonderful human, but get out. Yeah, I, I, I unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree. And I don't like saying that because I love Mike McCarthy, but for some How long reason, you play it's for? just not working. Eight years. Eight? Eight years made it to the playoffs every single year. Obviously, the only only the one Super Bowl, which uh, was tragic, but we had really good teams. And kind of the same thing. We just... We couldn't get over that final hump most of those seasons. Lost in, what, three NFC Championship games and... Unfortunately, you're starting to see the same uh, effect down in Dallas. They just don't have what it takes no. to make that one more play than I the other team the call. does. Uh, we will get to previewing San these Fran. games. Fuck, man. That I know. The, well, listen. Ugh. Look, 
They make the that plays the when they need too. to be made. Yeah. I, and I, I think the Purdy thing has, has, has gone on far enough. He looked very pedestrian. Kittle saved him on the overthrow. He's going to Philly. Yeah, uh, we're going to get to it. We're gonna going to get to it. He's going to Philly. All right, so let's do this. Uh, we will preview all of these games coming up. By the way, the recap is simple. We gave you another winning teaser, plus 240. That was a four-legger. Two and two for me, four and three for cookies. No one lighting anything on fire. My record on the year is fine enough, 61, 52, and three. Um, evened out the last two weeks, though. Just straight two and two average. All right, let me knock down a couple of mailbags. TJ, if you want to comment, you are welcome sure. to. This is cash the ticket podcast at gmail.com. This one comes from Derek Anderson. Mike, been listening to you most of your career for years. You've held off from talking hockey because Detroit's not a, quote, hockey town, at least not the people interacting on radio, but the pod. I would love to hear you capping hockey. I know you can do it. You have a quietly brilliant mind when it comes to hockey, and you keep it in the trunk. Um, then he goes through some wings butter here with stats and against the spread, et cetera. All right, here's the deal. Here's where hockey interests me. And we are going to do some hockey, Derek. We are going to bring in Sir Pucks a lot. Uh, I am going to involve our call screener, noted hockey D-Gen, Kenny Cott. And the rules for Kenny are going to be the following. We're only betting underdogs. I'm going to have Kenny dropping daily dimes. The minute the Super Bowl is done, you're getting at least Three picks a week, three days a week, you're going to have a hockey dog to bet. Plus odds, doing it the right way, and Kenny is really good. So, yes, Derek, you're going to get your wish. We're going to do some hockey because I have to tell you, at least hockey guys play. I don't know how to bet the NBA right now based on everyone with two legs is a game-time decision. Mm, I wouldn't touch it. I, I can't. And college, I'll have select plays. All right, let's go to Jordan uh, writes in the best sports podcast there is, is a better who's likely betting more than most per game. Although I usually make my own plays, I find your podcast useful and entertaining. You guys see games in ways I don't. And your reactions on Monday after the games are relatable and hilarious. Shout out. Fuck you, Leslie Frazier. I've never missed an episode of the pod. Uh, my only complaint is that people want to know how many units the plays are. One to five or one to ten. Obviously, the BGB and the Costa Lock are big ones, but we need to know the confidence level. Okay. Here's the deal. I said at the start of the pod, I'm going to say it again to you. I don't respect or appreciate con artists who do this whole unit fucking two-step. I give you the games and I'll tell you the right way to, TJ, my opinion, you bet the same thing on every game. And when you do your big game bets, your BGBs, draw the line in the sand and do what you're comfortable with above and beyond it. But where you're going to get in fucking trouble, where I've gotten in trouble, what eats away at your profit is, A, locks. Yeah, too many big game bets. But this whole, I'm going to bet this on this and that on that and this on this and this on that. If you don't normalize what a unit is, I don't know how you're going to survive. What's your take? Hmm. He wants unit plays. Oh, we're going to go three on this and two on this and five on this and call a recorded line for that. I'm not doing that shit. Yeah. uh, See, I differ from you because I love... The prop bets. I do. I just, for me, the way that I like to play, just betting a line straight up isn't enough juice. I want to see the plus 500s. I oh, you're, see a par- plus you're a parlay 900s. whore. I want to see, oh, yeah, you know, hey, I got this, but I got it matched up with, you know, the overpassing yards, first player to uh, score, halftime, whatever I, I, it is that you're allowed to people, do. People, let me tell you handle. something. When this I'm guy sends you a parlay, he has to screen grab it in two pictures. <laughs> well, the one that killed me last night that we I, talked about, my goodness. I mean, Devin Singletary, I think the over-under, I, I, I hit it at 25. 
eh, right after the game, it said 25 yards on the nose was a lock. I'm sitting there thinking, hell yeah, let's go. About 30 minutes later, I go check again. That number magically bumped down to 24. Somebody corrected the stat. Bobby Jeez. and stats, get was, off the computer. It's like I had the Hayden Hurst touchdown. I had the Josh Allen touchdown. I had the Bengals plus five and a half. I had everything else that hit. That one, for some reason, one little yard went away, and it didn't really matter because I needed a Tony Pollard touchdown in the second game anyways. Which and he was He dead. died. Uh, so that didn't end up Can mattering. I tell you but I'm a sucker for the prop bets. I don't like player props. I, I, and again, I'm not telling you they're bad or wrong or judging. They're hard. You. They're freaking hard, I just, man. Here's my problem. I don't know if you're aware of this, um, but Cash the Ticket as a podcast, we killed 14 college quarterbacks. Oh, 14 no. games that we bet, a QB died. And it was the one we had money on. Mm. The prop bets alone, always if, I, happens, if I bet on you, you're ending up in a wheelchair. And I just don't know that that's appropriate well, I'm in the, the same people. boat as well. Need a Tony Pollard, I think, 40-plus yeah. rushing yards and a touchdown. Guy goes down. All right, Brian Done. writes of in. Of course. Uh, again, cash the ticket podcast, gmail.com. Guys, huge fan of the pod. I'm ticked with myself. I didn't discover it sooner, as some of the caps have assisted me in not making a total fool of myself with my Vegas donations. I'm on the division. Future is now for one of the most second time making notes of the weekend. So we'll see how it goes. The one thing that's bugging me is what restaurant in New York that is difficult to get into did Mike have reservations for? I'm a native Detroiter who goes to New York once a year and you don't want to give it publicly. I'm always open for suggestions. All right, here, here's, what, here's what I'll do. Uh, I'm going to get with cookies. Brian, I will email you privately. I can't give it away or I'll never get in again. <laughs> and TJ, you like, you're a foodie the same way. Oh, of course. Can't give out the honey spots. Yeah, no. Uh, but Brian, we'll get you an email personally. All right, William writes in, Guys, listen to you since the Sports Inferno days. Cookies, your radio ascent is deserved. Love the pod. My question, you guys deal with a lot of real football stats when capping, so when you see any time TD scorer props, all starting with plus odds, does it give you more confidence in taking unders? How much of your cap is real stats versus finding what the book is thinking? See, that's a great question. Um, yeah, not expecting a lot of touchdowns. You, you see that all the time. Mm -hmm. Some weeks, you know, Travis Kelsey will be minus – 200 to score and some weeks it'll be plus 180 to score yeah yeah anytime i, I, think you I see, correlate those that's a good point if i see a touchdown score that's you know if i see a number that's suppressed if it's negative it leads you look they have a risk assessment team it's the best way i can put this it's why the book wins it's why i don't I, I, guys i just think the pro gambler thing is such a myth i get so fucking tired of it it's like chasing a unicorn that shit sprinkles the whole point is it's an entertainment product, and it's not a charity. Um, they have entire teams of people, uh, Ivy League graduates, who build algorithms, who crunch data. These numbers are not picked out by accident. Um, and, yeah, there's a reason you're, man, I think Dalton Schultz at plus 700 is a sweet play. <laughs> you're like, well, their risk assessment team is telling you that if you bet that over the long haul, you ain't winning. Yeah, no. Nah. Um, a lot of what I do is based on, okay, what did the line open at? Where's the line now? Where's the money going to the best of our ability to track it? Um, I like bet differentials where less tickets make up more money. Um, and then I do situational capping. I think if a team's been on the road for a couple weeks, I'm leery. I think if a team is, uh, if you see an unranked team favored over a ranked team, automatic red flag in the NFL, home divisional dogs. We talked about the triple Ds. Like automatically, you need to bet home divisional dogs and bet the money line because 
That's the NFL. It is really hard to go on the road in your division and win. Yeah. Period. Look at the injury reports, right? Yep. Kind Another one. Study A, Wednesday to Friday when the final report comes out. What's changed? What's moving? Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. Now, I don't do all the research uh, necessarily that, you know, I, I hear Cookies obviously has a ton of stats week in, week out. I'm more of a, hey, feel it out, right? What is What are my eyes te- are telling me, right? And that's why I went to the that Cincy game, and that was, gosh, I think I only hit – uh, two. I, actually, that was my only win this weekend. Was this oh, game, and that was the only one. That, but that was the one I was most confident in because I'm sitting there saying, I just think there's a motivation factor that Cincy has that Buffalo doesn't. Right, and you, uh, you, all the stats aside, I know a lot of people. You talked about it. You love Buffalo this weekend. For me, it was it was not about the stats. It wasn't about. Yeah. I overrated the offensive line injuries. Nope, I, these guys are going to figure it out. Joe Burrow's just that type. And of you player. know what, Zach Taylor, Anaromo versus. Whatever the fuck Leslie Frazier Ugh. is, and and honestly, if I'm Buffalo, I I've got to fire that. Man. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at Leslie Frazier, uh, and you, I kind of combine it with the fact uh, with, with Tampa, right? You look at Tampa, and they're you know By- Byron Leftwich, right, the offense coordinator. Yep, guys that were so hot what in the last couple of years. Go on, just look at it and you're just like, my goodness, like what happened, right? See ya. I mean, there's just that's why I need to man. be careful with the hot name. I, All I'm right, I'm with you. So, look, that's Cash the Ticket. We will get to you later in the week. We will have the preview episode. It's Championship Sunday. Both spreads are out. Both spreads are moving. You got uh, rate, review, subscribe. And if you got mailbag stuff, Cash the Ticket podcast at gmail.com. Great opening week of that. Um, TJ is going to join us for the preview episode, which will be a great time. Cookies by that point will be floating by Belize or Haiti or somewhere uh, on his never-ending cruise. Nice little red sunburn. That's right. Mm -hmm. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.